Yo, boom. The thing goes. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to dive in to something a little more serious on today's podcast. This time, we're going to talk about racial diversity in the engineering field. And I know what you guys are thinking. Adrian, you don't have an engineering job. How could you possibly ever know anything about this topic? Well, that's why I brought along a very famous guest that I'm sure that you all know, Mr. Danny McRae. Hello, my name is Mr. McCray. I'm currently the teacher of the engineering program at Finneytown High School Secondary Campus. Um, prior to that, I worked for, I still work with Scarlet Oaks, uh, the Oak system. I'm teaching engineering and um, computer science. Um, prior to that, I worked in industry as an engineer for about 25 years uh, in electrical engineering. Um, so I have a BS in electrical engineering and a master's in industrial engineering. I work for companies like Ford, um, GM, um, Rockwell Automation, um, Mobile Chemical, and James River. Mm-hmm. I really got professional here. Right. Now? <laughs> so the topic today is to find out if there's any racial discrimination in the engineering workforce or industry. Okay. All right. So, what made you become an engineer? How do you know? Um, I want. I was, I was very curious at a young age. Uh, when I was growing up, um, I was a little strange. For as instead of playing with toys, I tried to find out how they would work. So, give an example. One Christmas, my mother. And father purchased a uh, a tape recorder with a microphone, and we would. My brother was singing and recording things and playing them back, and they were laughing. So I snuck off into the corner, in the back room of the house, and I told mine apart, trying to find out how it would work. And they didn't like that, but I got punished for it. Um, but I was always curious on how things would work. Will work. And um, um, and I just at that point, curiosity kept driving me, driving me, and I didn't know what engineering was. Engineer was at, at the at the beginning of my career when I started um, college. I was actually a math major, and then someone approached me and asked me why am I taking all this math to be a school teacher? And I said, well, all my relatives are school teachers, even. You know, math or science, and I was going to follow in their footsteps. And he said, well, You're doing pretty good. You switch over to an engineer, become an engineer. So I figured, why, you know, I first thing I said to myself, Why do I want to drive a train? Because the um, people that drive the trains are called engineers. And that was my knowledge of what an engineer was at that point. And I said, I don't want to drive a train all over the United States. And then when I did some research and looked into it, I found there was different types of engineers. And um, that's when I said, well, 
Um, and I looked into it and I said, well, what can an engineer do? And I was, I was very, um, um, convinced to go to engineering when I saw that I could be an astronaut. And that was all that stuck in the back of my mind. I could be an astronaut. Just be, become an engineer. So I, that's when I decided to switch from math uh, into engineering. Did you know? Over the past two decades, the U.S. workforce in science and engineering occupations have become more diverse with the increase of proportion of Asians, Black, and Hispanics, and decrease of proportion of whites. In 1993, 84% of workers in science and engineering occupations reported their race as white. By 2015, this proportion has declined to 67%. All right, second question. Are you ready? Good. All right. Well, while you were like learning how to become an engineer and like in college, did you face any discrimination from your peers or from the prof the professors? <laughs> you know, since it was back in the day. Good you know, question. I mean, yes. Um, when I was when I encountered a professor in my senior year. Uh, he was the only professor that taught two classes that everyone had to um, take to graduate. And when I took his class, and I was studying very hard, he was very hard, so I spent a lot of time dedicated to his, his class. But um, the first day of class, uh, this professor walked in and said, um, 30 of us sitting there, he's going to give one A, one B, one C, and the rest of them Fs. I'm like, and I didn't know what to think about that. I, I figured that, you know, he's trying to intimidate, intimidate us to drop his class. But, you know, I had the same professor in, when I first started in calculus, I said the same thing. But there was 300 of us in the calculus class. And then after he did some crazy things, he kind of went back to, went to his regular teaching format. He just, weeded out the class, decided that, okay, these are the students that are here to learn. So I figured this professor was doing the same thing, but he wasn't. And on my first test, um, he put three grades on my first test. He had an 89, he reduced it to a, a 75, then he reduced it to a 71. And I went to his office. Well, first of all, there was uh, two young men in my class uh, and I saw their papers, and I was, and he went over the answers, and I was sitting close enough to look at their papers and give an example. My answer could be like 7.35. The teacher answered 7.34. Their answer was 7.36, uh, 6.5. It was more than mine, and he took off, he first he took off three points, and he would make took off seven points, and he would make took off 10 points from a 15 point question. And so after he went over it, I was upset. And I asked the two gentlemen sitting next to me, who are uh, white males, can I look at their paper? I've never said anything to the professor. And I looked at it, and they looked at mine. He said, well, and they told me, he said, well, you're not going to get a grade higher than, than we are going to get. I said, why? He said, because I'm his TA. I said, okay. And he's his lab assistant. So he is right. He's going to give one A, one B, one C, and you're probably going to do the C. 
So I didn't accept that. I went to his office, and um, he used this excuse that um, the accreditation board was looking at his grading, and he wasn't grading hard enough. So that's why he had to take off more points, keep reducing it. And I said, well, the second time I understand you reduce it, but the third time? But for my grade to be less than those other two gentlemen's grade, that's what he did. So I didn't argue with him because I had to take him to graduate. And as I was leaving his office, he asked me what high school I graduated from. And I answered him. He said, good high school, good high school. So I don't know whether it's preferential treatment or whether it's discrimination, but um, I felt both at that time. And I just wanted to just get out of school. And I had to take him for another class. So I didn't report him. But if you report a professor, it's hard to get rid of them anyway. So I just kept my mouth closed and I just did my work. And how long ago was that? Like 30 years? That was about good grief. 25 years ago? 26 years ago? Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even that far along ago. No, it was in the the 80s. It was in the 80s. So, you know, I, I felt that. Yeah, you're right. It's in the 80s and this still occurring. I don't know what, again, I don't know what's preferential treatment because they did assist him, uh, whether because there were, you know, there was white and I was black. I I just was upset that I was treated unfairly, whether it was, I don't care if it was nepotism or whether it was uh, friendship. It's just that you should grade fairly. Did you know in a 2018 study found that 37% of those who left their companies did so because of the unfairness or mistreatment. Did you also know for white Hispanic and African American women, engineering was the 18th largest field of study. Comparatively, engineering was the second highest field of study for white and Asian American males. It also ranked as the fourth highest field of study for Hispanic males and 10th for African-American males. No. I think this is the last question. Is it easier now to get like an engineering job as as a minority than in the years past because more companies are starting to diversify their company? Well, when I came out of school, there was a lot of diversity um, hiring going on because there weren't a lot of engineering engineers in the, in a, in the marketplace. And, um, when I got hired, I got several job offers, and um, we're kind of glad I saw that the opportunity was there for a minority engineer to go in, go into um, a job right out of high school without um, have to look for a job. I had interviews with Ford Motor Company, um, Virginia Power and Light, and I ended up with start off with Ford at Ford Motor Company. So. There were always opportunities there, but there was an opportunity for a lot of scholarships for minorities. And I think with the opportunity for scholarships, I think you see more engineers, more African-Americans going into, not just African-Americans, but minorities going into engineering, including women. Um, when I was working on my master's degree, uh, my professor uh, asked me a question, but he, he, wanted under, he wanted me to understand that he wasn't a racist person when he asked the question. So... He just want to know why they want a lot. They want a lot of African Americans returning to college to work on their master's degree because they have funding for minority students at the University of Cincinnati to go back and work on their master's, but they just can't find them to continue to continue the education in the field. So 
because when I worked in my master's, I, it was only um, two African Americans in there, um, no no females, um, and there was a lot of students from India, uh, males from India, um, and white um, males working on their masters, and they were on a scholarship. It was free. Um, they had so much money that even though I was working for an engineer, working as an engineer with GM, they still gave me a scholarship to, uh, to complete my master's. Mm -hmm. They had to give the money away, and it's set aside for a lot of minorities, but they're not aware of it. If they are aware of it, they still want to go back to school and get a master's because it takes a lot of work, um, a lot of dedication. So I think there's a lot of scholarships out there. Mm -hmm. How many people were in that class, do you know? There was 30 in that class. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just 30 in the in that in the engineering program I was in. They have other engineering programs. So everyone has the same amount of funding. So with 30 scholarships just in that field, uh, um, in computer science, there were scholarships. In IT, there were scholarships. So there's always scholarships um, to work on your master's or work on an advanced degree, but most people just want to cut it off at a BS degree and get a job and be happy. So I was like that too until I was encouraged from, my, um, from a company I worked for who encouraged me to get my master's to move up into the corporation. They required that. So, and that's why I decided I want to move up. I better get my master's degree. So I did. And most companies are paid for you to go back to school and get your master's. They have an education fund uh, that you can use to further your education. That's really cool. All right. Okay. So since you're like so wise, huh? <laughs> do, you, do you have like any advice to give like if you're getting discriminated you can discriminate against on? Well, you're going to have to prove that you are discriminated against. And like, you be quiet or like speak out? No, not prove, but you have to, you know, look for things that you can use to fight discrimination. And you're going to have to accept retaliation, meaning that you get fired. Um, that's anyone who retaliates, um, not just you know, African-Americans or other minorities, anyone in general who tried to go against the status quo in industry can be let go or retaliated against. So sometimes you have to just um, continue to work and see if it, if it starts re uh, really affecting you. Um, you just have to move on to some, uh, some other corporation. My light just went off, so it's kind of dark. Okay. So, so you would have to... Um, Fight your battles. Choose your battles. I mean, you will stay with that company, but you see what they're doing. Um, you have to make a decision. Um, there's other jobs out there, and um, it's very difficult. So what I try to do when I go into a company is I try to take on the hardest projects I can take on to prove myself that, you know, I'm, I know I'm a minority, but I actually am a good engineer. So I try to choose the hardest project. And once they see your capabilities, um, I'm not saying you join in their, you know, their um, their society as being a good engineer or being part of the team. It's just that I just wanted to show people that, you know, what type of engineer I, engineer I am. So I, I try to make sure I take the hardest project. And don't get me wrong, I've taken a harder project, hard project, and 
And I have heard some people say, well, he's, he's not going to be able to do that. He's not going to be able to do that. And my goal was to actually, I'll have to work 24 hours a day, but I was going to succeed in those projects, and I have done that. So it, it's so it's a personal thing with me to be successful and to prove other people wrong. And after you prove them wrong, you kind of don't have to walk on eggshells at that time anymore because you have proven yourself and people respect you. So if you gain respect, I think you'll be okay. Thank you, Okay. Any closing thoughts you want to say or anything you want to plug or give a shout out, you know? Well, to me, young people, you got a lot of opportunities um, to go into engineering and don't waste that opportunity. There's a lot of scholarships out there, um, but you have to earn them. Um, no one's going to give you anything. It's very competitive in the field network. A lot of people go into engineering, um, but just prepare yourself to go into engineering, work hard, um, study late at night because it's a different world than high school. I, my son's sum it up that high school is prepared for everyone to be successful. College is set up for everyone to be successful if they work hard. So this is a journey. If you want to go into it, um, you're going to have to study and do well. Um, and just be, just, just do your best. That's the only one can, anyone can act. You need to do your best. Thank you, McCray. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. Hopefully, I get an A on this project. <laughs> but yeah. It's not about the grade. It's about learning, okay? <laughs> yes. The TED Talk about how American public schools keep their kids in poverty. She says how she can't teach her class like how she was taught because she doesn't have the same resources since she went to a higher quality school with a lot of white people compared to the school where she teaches which is predominantly black. The reason why the TED talk is relevant is because 73% of black people are less likely to have access to quality education to prepare them for the STEM fields. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at Adrian underscore the Mexican.